tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we're speaking with Chloe DeVita and Jessica Shipman, who are the co-founders of All Pet Voices. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Chloe, would you be willing to just share a little bit with our listeners about your background? Absolutely. Many in the pet world may know me from Blog Paws as one of the original executive team members. And I was there for about 10 years. And then recently, Jessica and I co-founded All Pet Voices together. We still have the Blog Paws community. And Blog Paws was known for having its conferences and giving back to the pet space. You know, we had over $125,000 in donations, $50,000 in products, probably more than that, right? But it's hard to quantify everything that we did through there. And we very much embrace that in All Pet Voices and trying to give back, collaborate, bring light, uh, make sure the right information is getting to the right people. And we kind of prefer video format. So that's been something we've been focusing on. And Jessica, what, what about you? Yeah, so I have a little bit of a different path. I started in pet blogging when I adopted my first dog as an adult and dove into learning about, you know, the whole world beyond just what it was having a dog at home. I had grown up with rescue pets, dogs and cats, and it was just a really interesting experience. And it allowed me to combine my love of technology. So I'm actually by trade, a engineer, a computer scientist, web developer, whatever you want to call me. And that really it propelled me into this world that allowed me to learn more about nonprofits, rescue, what it was. Because at that point, I really just knew about the side of adopting. So that's kind of my background. And then I moved to Colorado, where Chloe lives. And we, you know, obviously furthered our friendship through that we had had through the blog post community. And then she was like, hey, I have this great idea about All Fed Voices. And I was like, sounds awesome. Let's do it. And we started a business in 2020, and that was an adventure. So tell me a little bit about All Pet Voices. What exactly is it, and and what are your hopes with the business? All Pet Voices, our whole mission is to collaborate with other pet industry experts and bring people together to inspire and innovate and take ideas to the next level. In essence, creating content with other people, right? It's not just about us. We really want to reach the pet lover in a way that inspires them to think differently because there's so much content out there in the pet space about many different kinds of pets that isn't good. It's not great quality content. And we wanted to bring the people together that really are trying to make a difference. And so we have coffee chats every Thursday. It's a podcast type show, but it's a Facebook live. But similar to this, we want to just introduce people, people who are making a difference in pet to pet lovers. Uh, We also have the All Pet Collaborative, which is more of bringing what Blog Pause was and teaching pet influencers into the space of working with small pet businesses. So whether you have a product or service, or you are a blogger or an influencer, everyone has similar struggles. And we have so much experience from pet industry to marketing, to video, to digital media. We wanted to create a space where people could come together and learn how to grow their networks, grow their following, grow their reach, align 
their businesses and meet others that they could collaborate with. I think if we can succeed in bringing together not only pet industry professionals, but even pet lovers being inspired by what we're creating in a way that benefits pets everywhere, then we're winning. What are those, the challenges that, that you're seeing, Jessica, as you meet new people that are joining the group? What are the, the key challenges that you find most people have? So I think the two biggest things that I'm seeing is one, how do I convey my story? How do I share my message, share my passion, share my why? This is such a heart-driven space. We love our animals. We love helping animals. And how do I share that? How do I put that out into the world and also share it in a way that people are connecting back? And I think that builds onto the second problem, which is more I would say in the the true business sense of things, but how do I reach more people? How do I get more engagement? How do how does my message spread far and wide? And I think those are very closely related, but I think those are kind of the two biggest questions that and challenges that we're seeing from our community members. So Chloe, what are the answers to those questions? <laughs> Oh, how I wish we all had answers to every question. When it comes to heart-driven business, which I don't know anyone in the pet industry, especially the small businesses who isn't driven by their passion, who isn't driven by their love, I think the answer to one of it is truly getting down to what your why is. We tend to all have a very surface why. I love animals. I love cats. I want to help cats everywhere. That is true for everyone who takes that step. But usually your your story and what truly drives you is much deeper. And I think one of the answers is getting down to what that is, because that's the piece that's unique about all of us. And so when you hear people talking about authenticity and all those buzzwords, it's more just about your truth, right? You're, you, the only way to be authentic is to be true to what where you came from, who you are, and why you care, which is usually much deeper than just, I love cats. And so one of the answers is digging down to that piece, because once you have that piece, it's a lot easier to understand how to then take that message and put it out into the world. But even that takes some translating and some knowledge around which pieces and when, because some people have very, very personal details involved in their why, and they don't necessarily want to share it all. So then they struggle with, I don't want to like reveal my whole emotional background, but I want people to understand how I connect. And so one of the solutions is finding the pieces that people connect with without making the person feel like they have to reveal everything. Right. So I'm going to do a little working session here and practice with both of you. And I'm going to share my why Mm. and see what you think. So, well, actually I have to say, I have two whys. So two really big moments in my career that made me feel like I wanted to help folks turn their passion for cats into action was I had one scenario where I went to this bar that had a few cats in the back that needed help and some of them were sick. And it turned out it was a dumpster full of 30 kittens that all had runny goopy eyes and a colony of about 50 adult cats. You could see them in the woods. There was an apartment complex in the back behind the bar. And you could see the adult cats in the woods and the kittens were all amongst beer bottles in this dumpster kind of. So it was glass and kitten combination with a lot of eye problems. We rescued about 30 kittens out of that dumpster. Everyone either lost one or two eyes in that process, all got adopted, you know, all found happy, wonderful, loving homes. All of the adults in the woods got TNR'd and we had a dedicated feeder there. But for me, my why was I went and I saw this and I knew, I knew this existed someplace else. I knew this vision, this picture existed in another place and I didn't want this to happen in other places. So my why was how do I take this 
story here and be able to help others to prevent this from happening anywhere else. And basically I went to the person who owned the bars and no, 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 this is just not happening again. We're just not doing this again. And so there was my, one of my big whys, you know, another big why for me was a situation where in the mid nineties, we had some foster kittens go into the veterinarian's office and they had been bottle baby kittens that had latched on to a mom. We found a mom and the bottle baby kittens went and so the mom took them on along with her own kittens. And those kittens tested positive for feline leukemia. And they were euthanized without any questions by the veterinarian. And I wasn't aware enough aware of the organization. I was, had just started running it. So it was really new. And I was like, wait a minute, why did this happen? And the mom was destined to be euthanized because she had tested negative beforehand, but then she took the kittens and then she tested positive after that. And I said, no, we're going to adopt her out. She worked to save the lives of these kittens and her own kittens. And we started our feline leukemia adoption program back in the nineties when many organizations weren't looking to adopt feline leukemia positive cats. And so it was this one Nala was the cat. I adopted her out to a seven-year-old girl and her mom, she was the sweetest cat. And I said to the mom, I said, you realize she might only live, you know, four or five years or whatever, you know, is this okay? Your daughter's going to experience, could experience a loss. And she goes, they have such a wonderful bond that it's the bond that's what's most important, you know, for the, for the cat and for her daughter, you know, whether the time is short or whether it's long, it's okay. It's the bond that's what's most important, not the fact that she has a disease. So those are my two big whys that have helped create me to be where I am. And choosing those stories, I think, is really important. And I found it's really hard to, I don't know, how do you choose those stories to be able to amplify that and then and share with others? You know, those are two that resonated with me. But I don't know, sometimes I feel like there's a story every day. Indeed, there is. There are stories everywhere. Those are two amazing stories. And I think in both of them, what I would say to you is what was it about what you did that made you feel like something needed to change? What was that piece? So the part that what that I did was I needed to problem solve the situation in such a way so that then I was choosing to spend resources in a way that we hadn't normally done. So we were prioritizing, you know, picking a priority differently and and launching a different type of program, you know, having to have a really hard conversation with our veterinarian about why it's important, why you can adopt out a feline leukemia positive cat rather than just choosing to euthanize. So, I mean, it's quality of life. I mean, I really want to improve the quality of life for cats all across the board and create a humane community for cats. So I think it kicked me into problem solving mode. I'm a problem solver. So as I said, I, I saw something, I didn't like it, and I wanted to change it. What were the things that I had to bring to the organization in order to create that change that was institutionalized that would continue going forward? Does that help mm -hmm. answer your question? Yeah. And what, what you explained in there is that problem solving mode, right? Because that's what we see a lot. And a lot of our whys, there's a problem we see and we came up with a solution. And it was that journey that becomes part of the why. But in the end, it's also thinking about what changed for the cats in this case, because of what you did, what shifted, what was the difference in the end for the cats because of what you did? That's right. a question for you. So they, well, the cats, obviously, they were all spayed and neutered and vaccinated. Eventually, the colony aged out. There are no cats behind that bar. There are no kittens with 
you know, eye problems or any kittens at all. And so not only is it helping the cats and the kittens there, but it's helping the community in understanding how to be responsible about the cats in their care. So many of the cats sourced from uh, apartment complex. So, you know, we did outreach on our cat mobile program for spay neuter so that folks are getting their cats spayed and neutered before they're letting their cats out or before the cats start spraying. So yeah, there's this whole like human support component of it too. So not only are we helping the cats, but we're helping the guardians of the cats too. Mm -hmm. Jessica, what do you think about my story? So I would say, first and foremost, you have that emotional connection. You're conveying that super well. I felt like I was there. Like I could see, I could visualize these kittens that needed help. And I think that that gets your attention that gets you know your audience's attention it causes people to then be like okay well what's next so then what do you do why do you you know further asking those questions so i think that those stories are great stories the one thing that i will say is that they are two different experiences and i think they might actually be why components for different parts i mean you do a thousand things so they might actually be like one why is for one thing that you do, and you might have a different why for something else that you're doing. And so many of us have, we have different facets of of our businesses of our lives. And it's okay to have a why that's different for, you know, business A versus business B. And so that's one of the things that I was hearing is you have two whys, but it's not it's not necessarily that those whys are directly correlated to everything that you do. But, you know, the story of rescuing the kittens behind the bar, educating the bar owners, TNRing the adult cats, that is is a whole world in itself. And then also the world about educating that cats can be adopted, even if they aren't perfect. You know, unperfect cats are actually the best cats. And so that's one of the things that I really heard from hearing those two sides of your why. Give your feline friend protein-packed meals. They'll crave with Smalls. Smalls is fresh, human-grade food for cats, delivered right to your doorstep so you too can embrace your inner house cat. All cats are obligate carnivores. They need fresh, protein-packed meals. Conventional cat food is made with profits in mind, using low-quality, cheap meat byproducts, grains, and starches coated in artificial flavors. Smalls, on the other paw, is made with cats in mind. Smalls develops complete and balanced recipes for all life stages with leading cat nutritionists. Starting with human-grade ingredients like you or I would find at the market, Smalls recipes are gently cooked to lock in protein, vitamins, minerals, and moisture. No room for fillers, no need for flavoring. Better quality ingredients mean a better, healthier life for your cat. Since switching to Smalls, cats have experienced improved digestion and a less smelly litter box, softer and shinier coats, plus better breath. Try Smalls today for your cats in your household. Hooch loved it. Use offer code COMMUNITYCATS at checkout for a total of 30% off your first order at smalls.com. Are you ready to be part of the solution for feral and stray cats in your neighborhood? If so, then make sure to sign up for our next Neighborhood Cats TNR Certification Workshop. A new workshop is held online each month, generally on the first Saturday of the month, but please check our website for exact dates. For just $10, expert instructors will teach you best practices for trap, neuter, and return. TNR. Learn what TNR is and why it works. We'll cover getting along with neighbors, preparations for trapping, trapping itself, including entire colonies at once, feeding, providing winter shelter, and more. 
take advantage of the interactive format, extensive handouts, and video footage of actual projects. Attendees will receive a certificate of attendance and gain access to an ongoing Facebook group for networking with other TNR activists. The two-and-a-half-hour workshop is led by Susan Richmond, the Executive Director of Neighborhood Cats, and Brian Cordes, Neighborhood Cats National Programs Director. To find out the date of the next workshop and sign up, just visit communitycatspodcast.com. As we emerge from the global pandemic of COVID, fostering is emerging as the new normal in the animal welfare industry. But shelter management software doesn't provide the tools or the workflows for communicating with fosters at scale. So many organizations struggle to maintain hundreds of animals in foster homes. If only there was a system that was custom built specifically to solve this problem. Introducing Foster Space, powered by our friends at Dubert. Foster Space was custom built to allow you to manage hundreds of foster relationships and to communicate with them via text, email, and even Facebook Messenger. Your fosters have a portal where they can upload videos and photos and updates on their animals, and organizations can schedule fosters for meet and greets, adoption days, or anything else they need. There's so much more to check out. Sign up for free at www.dubert.com and go to the Foster Space tab to get started. So let's say I have these stories and I want to share these stories. You know, what are the best channels for getting the word out that are most successful for us? You know, if you are a a small organization or, you know, limited in time or whatever, if you had to pick two or three channels, you know, Chloe, what would you advise someone to do to, to be able to get biggest bang for your time and your buck getting the word out? The thing about picking channels and deciding where to focus your time is that you want to be in the places where the people who are going to take that action, like you mentioned, right, you want to drive people to action. So where they exist, and that can be different for different businesses. I think in the case of Animal Rescue, there is a big focus on Facebook, and I think it's valid. I think there's a lot of people, generationally speaking, that are more involved when they get a little bit older, not to say there's no young people in at all, but Facebook tends to be a little bit more, you know, millennial, Gen X, and on up. And then there you have more opportunity to do things like creating a group, right? And bringing people together in a different way. So when you think about Facebook, it's not just Facebook. It's do I have a Facebook page? Do I have a Facebook group? Am I using my personal profile? There's some of those decisions that need to happen as well. But I would also say email. That's less of a channel and more of a list, but it's yours. One of the things that can run into businesses can run into nonprofits specifically is you're using platforms that you don't own Facebook. I don't think it's going anywhere per se, but how it's used and the way it changes and the algorithms that's always going to be changing, right? And you don't have any control over it. It's just going to happen to you. Same thing with Instagram, same thing with Twitter, same thing with LinkedIn. All of those platforms are free services for you to use so that they can keep changing things up on you. And hopefully, you know, they've got their own business goals, but you as a nonprofit, if you can grow your community, which you can do through an email list, you can do you can do through a Facebook group as well. But I think email becomes a way that nobody can take that from you, right? Somebody opts in, somebody gives you their information, they're interested, they're now a person that you can connect with directly. You don't need Facebook, right? You don't need those other platforms that are owned by other people. So I would definitely recommend if it's not a part of a plan yet, or you're not growing a list to make that a focus because it's yours. Jessica, do you have anything else you'd like to add to that? I mean, I definitely agree with email as being kind of the top place to look. The one thing I would add is that, so email can seem a little bit overwhelming and there are all these tools and all these different options and 
facets of it. And the one thing I would say is that there are so many email tools out there that actually have a free base. So you can sign up, you don't have to, there's no cost. And it actually would make your life a lot easier to use these free tools than just trying to send a newsletter, you know, through your Gmail account or whatever you're currently using. And it gives you, it actually gives you a lot more information in terms of analytics and tracking. So you can see if people are opening your emails, what they're clicking on, you know, so then you can start viewing it from that marketing perspective of what's doing well, are the photos of our adoptable kittens really getting the most opens and clicks? If so, maybe you want to send a few more emails about that and you can see maybe what doesn't do well as well. So that would be the one thing I would recommend is look at a email tool and it doesn't have to be a paid one. There are some great free options out there. Well, one thing I'll just the other thing I'll add is I don't want to discount Instagram just because Mm -hmm. Facebook and email are so important, I think. But Instagram, I mean, think about all the kittens. Those pictures do really well. So Instagram being that focus of the visual, as long as you've got people who can take good photos, then Instagram is a really great place to just get attention. I don't know that the results you're going to get on Instagram are going to be quite the same as what you might get via email or Facebook. But it's possible. And that that exposure and that awareness can really get built up there just from the great imagery. Yeah, the one thing I would just follow up is that on Instagram, it's a little bit harder to build that community interaction just because of the way that the platform works. But I will say that if you're already taking amazing photos of adorable kittens, you should go ahead and leverage that and get that up on Instagram and share these beauties with the world. But also that will help you grow your reach in general. And we hear the term influencer a lot. And I'm trying to think of, you know, in terms of building your mailing list and and that kind of thing. And we do have video out there now. You know, would it be wise for us to do community outreach on video, become the community cat expert, you know, in our area as a way to build the list? I mean, as everybody knows, I've got the gift of gab, but, you know, there might be other people out there who are willing to say, you know, what to do if you have a cat in your backyard and you want to know whether it's owned or not owned, you know, here are 10 minutes tips to success or something like that and get people to sign up for that Facebook live or something or on zoom or something like that. You know, is that a good way to do list building? You talked about using video. Is that something we should think about doing? Indeed. (laughs) Video is great for list building in the sense that you get people to opt into a thing. Or if you're, say you just start a YouTube channel, but part of it is, telling them how they can follow you more, telling them where to sign up, telling them, you know, giving them the direction. I will say, don't ever be afraid of telling people what you want them to do because everybody wants to be told what to do when it comes to landing on something and being unsure. And you have to remember that most people who find your stuff or are new to you are wondering, they have questions. They don't land there with answers. They land there with questions. And so the more you can guide them and tell them what to do, watch this video, then sign up for this, then take this step. Sometimes for us, when we're creating that kind of content, it can feel a little prescriptive, but really for the new people who find you, that's what they need. And video is a great way to show your personality. And that's a big piece when we get back to talking about authenticity and truth that comes through in video. And so people learn to connect with you as a person. And then they're even more interested in what you're doing. So it's it's an aspect not to be overlooked is that ability. Even if you feel awkward, people do not <laughs> judge those they see on video the way the people in the video will often judge themselves. Uh, it's It's the quirks and it's the little things. It's the time you got awkward or you didn't know what to say that become endearing to people and become relatable. So don't be afraid of video. And I will also add that based on the examples that Stacey, you gave, 
it also helps show your expertise. And especially in the nonprofit world, there are so many things that you become experts at, whether that's, you know, bottle feeding kittens, or events, adoption events, or just logistics, there are so many things that you're actually experts at, and you may not realize it. But somebody else who may want to do something similar could benefit from that. Or it just helps, you know, you share with your community that this is what we're doing. This is how involved we are. We're a legitimate business. We're working hard to save all these cats lives. I think that's something another benefit that that type of video can definitely convey. So Jessica, I'm going to ask you to put your tech hat on right now and ask uh, you, what's your favorite toolkit of tech, whether it's hardware or software? You know, do you have project management tools that you use a lot or are there anything for, you know, scheduling your social media posts or are there any tools out there that you would recommend that folks take a look at? Yeah. So if you are um, a very organized person or need to be an organized person, Chloe and I use Airtable all the time. It's a super fancy spreadsheet, but it allows you to view the information in a bunch of different ways, sort things in a way that an, you know, an Excel spreadsheet could never. So I definitely recommend checking that out. It is free to start. Uh, we also love using Calendly, which is something that integrates with your calendar. So if you're constantly having to set up meetings, you don't have to necessarily be emailing people to do that. You can just send them a link and say, pick a time and I'll see you then. Uh, that's also a free tool to start. And see, if you have a team, we're also big fans of Slack in terms of a project management tool. There are some other great options out there. I also have experience with Asana, but I do like Slack and that it's it builds that community into it. It's much more of a forum and a discussion and you can have fun with it, but you can also be productive. And then in terms of social media, there are so many different tools out there. I'm personally a fan of Buffer. And again, part of the reason that I am a fan of Buffer is because it does have that free start. Uh, That's one of the things with I understand with nonprofits, with small businesses, with influencers, having to pay $25 for every single tool you're using that adds up really fast. So I tend to look for quality tools that have a free minimum that you can upgrade as you grow. And then in terms of video, we use several different tools. But I think one of our favorites is StreamYard actually for doing live videos, because it allows you to do fun overlays. And you can change up what you're viewing and share, share your screen, do all of the fancy stuff that you would want. The downside of StreamYard is that it isn't free, but we think it's worth it. Chloe, anything else you'd like to share? I think the only thing I'll add to that is something we use, and we use the paid version of this, but Canva is a really great tool for every business, nonprofits, influencers, all of them, because it really allows, it's probably the easiest tool in creating imagery, marketing materials, even videos now, if you do the pro version, which is only like $10 a month, it's not super expensive, but it is a cost. That's what we use. And so if you ever see us share on social animated GIFs and stuff, they're made in Canva. And it's a really great tool to kind of drag and drop and learn how to create nice marketing materials because they have an immense amount of templates. So you can just go in and be like, I need a a marketing thing and look at all the different options and pull one in and then just tweak it and make it yours. Yeah. And in addition to that, they have a whole library of stock imagery that's included in their premium version. And that's something that's a challenge, you know, if you don't have that perfect photo to match what you're talking about. It's a great tool for that. 
So I, I wanted to just circle back to All Pet Voices. And if someone was interested in signing up for the program, what does the program really involve, Chloe? So All Pet Voices has, I mean, you can come and follow us wherever you want, Facebook, Instagram, all the places. We also have a paid membership that is called the Alpet Collaborative. And that is specifically for the small businesses whom are, it could be a nonprofit. We have we have nonprofits in there. We have product businesses, service businesses, pet bloggers, pet influencers, but it's really the person who's a solopreneur or maybe they have a VA or a real small team, but mostly they're running their own business. And it's to help them, one, find their why. We, we talk about that, how to incorporate story, how to make your copy really pop. But in the end, it's really about growth and reach in the online world. This last quarter, we focused on email marketing. It's probably one of the reasons I'm like, email, email. Uh, we did. We did a lot. And, and in it, you know, we get to learn along with everyone some of the stuff that's taught because we bring in guest speakers every month. There's a guest speaker who comes and shares their expertise. And it's really meant for the people who are looking to take their business forward and really focus on it and, and make it a bigger priority and hopefully grow their reach. Anything else, Jessica, from your side? I think just to add that, like Chloe mentioned, we have focused on email marketing, but we have other plans for other content where I guess is, you know, the next quarter we'll be talking about video, Facebook, Instagram, and then even talking about more technical things like SEO and how to, you know, how to use tools like Google Analytics, things like that. And we do really listen to what the members are dealing with and what they're struggling with, what they want to learn about to craft what we're going to be focusing on in the next months and quarters to come. I will also add that every Thursday we do an AMA. And although we have a theme for that AMA, it's it really is an ask me anything. So if someone comes and even though the theme of the, you know, the month or the week might be email and they're like, hey, I've been working on Instagram, they have the opportunity to ask us, you know, for an hour on Thursday, all their questions if they want to. Yeah, and I've I've been to a couple of those, and that they're they're great, and people are very actively posting, and it's really nice to see that there. And a lot of the names are familiar. I mean, I see the same names, so you get to kind of know the group, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners today? I will say for any uh, nonprofits listening, people focused on foster, we do also have from our blog pause area of the business. A community in Facebook called Blog Pause Community. It's a private Facebook group. And that is a free community. It's open to anyone who works within the pet industry. So whatever you do in the pet industry, we don't really bring in the, the bigger brands. Like we said, it's we're focused more on that small business. But people who foster nonprofits, you're all welcome. And in there, we do talk about other things too, like social media. Uh, this week, we're talking about Global Pet Expo in there. But every week, we have topics and people can ask questions. So it's just an open community to have a place to get answers and ask. So I would invite anybody interested to find Blog Pause Community on Facebook. And Jessica, what, what's the website? Is it allpetsvoices.com? Is that the website? So allpetvoices.com. Yep. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today on the show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think. And a five-star review really helps others find the show. 
You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. The Community Cats Podcast would like to shout out a few of our online event sponsors. Did you attend the United Spay Alliance Conference in March? The incredible content and educational opportunity were brought to you in part by Marion's Dream and Humane Network. If you or your organization would like to sponsor content that you care about and that saves feline lives, go to communitycatspodcast.com slash sponsor and learn more about how you can turn your passion for cats into action.